right now. <laughs> Unmute yourself. Oh, there we go. Lady, lady. Hello. Hey. How, how are, are you? Doctor. <laughs> By the way, there's something wrong with my volume. Okay, now it's good, I think. You're good now. Okay, great. Can you hear just... properly? Can you? I've been here like from the moment we started. <laughs> Woo! Okay. You're looking good. Yo, I'm from I'm from a late evening meeting. I'm like, you know what, God, please, my back is killing me. Can I be a millionaire now? This is um, it's taking too much time. I'm tired. <laughs> How are you? You look beautiful. Oh, good. Teach me how to apply. Good, thank you. What? What did you say? You must teach me how to do the things. The bro game. Hi. This the skin is skinning. The hair is hairing. I can't. I can't. You look amazing. Uh, <laughs> please excuse me. All right, no problem. You know, these are the parts that in the in the in the in the podcast that I have to edit out. Like you know. <laughs> yes, please edit it out. I'm sorry for this. I'm like let people just let let people just hear what's going on. So anyway, welcome everyone. <laughs> welcome to Conversations with Fafane. Today I'm I'm not joined by any normal individual. Uh, can you kindly introduce yourself with your titles? Come on. <laughs> um, where do I start? Where do I start? Well, I guess it's it's not a very difficult. Uh, place to start uh, sorry do you hear the noise behind yeah i do I i'm do. sorry it's wait like wait sorry We can start a little more, yeah. Situations. All right, cool. So, welcome everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Fafana. I'm joined by the ever dazzling, gorgeous, super intelligent lady, lady, Sissy. <laughs> but that's what I call you. They can't call you that. They, they must address you according to your title. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think I'm, I'm still not used to the title um, saga. I'll call it a saga. <laughs> But I'm still not used to that title, but yes, indeed, I am Dr. Nduna Sisangile, and currently in Belgium, where I'm a researcher in transport and economics, and from South Africa. So I'm South African by birth, but I've lived most of my life in South Africa, then yeah. moved to Belgium a bit later, but... I mean, how did you even get to Belgium, by the way? I, I mean, I've won. How, how did this one come about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually come now because actually it's people who asked. I think if people didn't ask, I wouldn't know how long I've been here. I'm like, oh my God, it's like quite some time now. But I came yeah. here while I was doing my master's degree. Don't know if mm. you know about uh, a scholarship program called Erasmus. It's I've a heard European, of it, I've heard of it, 
Yeah, so I was fortunate that I was part of a group where uh, the scholarship was launched in South Africa for some time. It was called Erasmus Mundus. And it's a program that initially was made to be for five years, but I think I believe it went a little bit above that. But I was part of that program. So I came to do my master's. The plan was to do my master's and go back home, take back what I've um, I've found of myself in Europe, bring it back home and hopefully contribute. And of course, the things didn't happen the way I planned it. New opportunities came and uh, one of my of my professors during my master's was uh, like, oh, we have a job opening for research assistant. And if you'd like to apply for it, then you should. So I was like, okay, why not? I applied and I eventually was there doing my, I uh, was a research assistant and then I also enrolled to do my PhD, which I just graduated for this year in March. And that's why I'm still not used to the title, still new. I mean, I mean you're so, you're so young. And you got a PhD, like an entire doctorate. You're an entire full-on doctor. I mean, was this part of the plan to to actually get your doctorate and beyond, beyond your master's and to stay? I mean, clearly staying in Belgium wasn't part of the plan. It happened even less. I'm wondering if the doctorate situation was also um, in the works. No, no, actually not directly. Like I knew from a very young age eventually. that one day I will eventually do my PhD. But definitely didn't mm. plan that would be now. My priorities at that moment, at that stage, was get myself an education and start mm-hmm. working. And then I would normally study part time until eventually I, I head on to my PhD. So when it came, it came at a moment where I wasn't already thinking I was supposed to go there. And I was a bit like, <laughs> was supposed to be now? According to my plans, this is not now, but I guess. God is the one in control, so he does things his own way, you know, yeah. beyond what we we plan as humans. So it happened at a time when I wasn't expecting it, but it was part of the plan, but a long-term plan. Yeah, and, and you know, some of us are watching you in awe, and I'm like, and I remember every time, let's say, remember the time when I do video calls with my sister, <laughs> and you were always studying, and I was like... What yes. is going on? <laughs> yes, she she knows it very well. Like I was always telling her, okay, I started this, I want to finish it, but I literally cannot wait for it to finish. I I couldn't wait for it to finish so much that when it finished, I was just glad that it's over. I was, you know, it definitely was not easy. I think that when I started or when I looked at a PhD, I didn't look at it the same way as when I was going through it. When I was going through it, I said, okay, I understand why people respect this title. It doesn't come <laughs> easy. <laughs> it was really a lot. It was a lot of pressure. It needed really a lot of resilience. It needed a lot of dedication. It has a lot of ups and downs. It really requires a lot from a person uh, other than just knowing what you're doing. There was just so much that comes with it. So I couldn't wait for it to finish and I'm so glad that it did and it, it was so su- successfully. So, but yeah, 
We're proud of you. We're proud of you. Halala <laughs> to you and Thank all you. of that. So now that everyone knows your background, you're an expert in this topic of diversity <laughs> and environmental sustainability in the maritime industry. So there's this thing called the blue economy. I I don't know my um about this particular concept of the blue economy and understanding maritime industry because of your WhatsApp statuses where mm. I see you talk about shipping and ports and <laughs> all these things you know so, and I'm like what is going on so uh, maybe just give us a highlight or highlight means and just provide your definitions of what what its contribution is for those of us who yeah what it's about mm. Mm, okay, I actually would not have realized that I post so much about these issues. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually also like, okay, I'm actually posting so much about an issue in my field, but actually not what I'm an expert in. But in any case, like, um, yeah, the reason why I say that is because uh, mm. my research focus is really towards performance, but performance can be anything. It can yeah. also be in that sense of sustainability, for instance, mm. uh, efficiency, uh, productivity across the port sector, but also across the whole logistics chain. And you probably saw on my posts, on my status, <laughs> a lot about the challenges that we we came across as an industry during the COVID-19. Because I think before the COVID-19, in fact, before, I don't know if you remember the ever given ship that was stuck in uh, in uh, in Egypt at some point. The, that was the very, very initial because that was before the pandemic. But this very big, huge ship container, it's a container vessel. Container vessels at this moment, the largest carry around 21,000 containers. Uh, We call them the GEUs, that's the standard size of a container. So around 21,000 of those. That is is a very large increase compared to the initiation of of the container sector, which started around the 1950s. So in the night, during the 1950s, those vessels could carry around 500 containers, even less. So it really, that's just to give an idea of how big and bigger and bigger the vessels these ships become. But as they become bigger, it also means that the environment needs to adjust. Um, Mm. It also means that the ports where these ships have to be offloaded and unloaded need to change in the ways they have their machines, their equipment, the waterways and etc. So that was one factor that made heads turn towards the maritime industry when people realized that, oh, actually this is an important industry because during that ever given ship that was stuck, a lot of ships could not pass because many ships passed through the the tunnel between Mm. Egypt. So a lot of ships were were blocked in there. So parcels, uh, goods, uh, things could not be traded. They were stuck there and so prices started to increase it really caused a lot of inflation during the time a lot of cuts were increasing so that was the time when it was really a lot on the headlines and that's when people started to realize oh actually this is an important industry and it is important because about 80 percent of the goods that are traded internationally go through shipping 
So most likely whatever you're buying online is going to go via water. So that yeah. means it really holds an important um an important uh part of the economy. Wow. But going to green shipping, which is what you asked me. <laughs> I like elaborating, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, of course, you're the doctor. I'm here as a student. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm lecturing, but it's not me. It's it's not my intention, but I guess it it comes with the with the title. <laughs> so okay, the the green shipping. It's an interesting um, it's an interesting concept mm. and one that's really uh, gaining a lot of momentum in the industry, realizing the importance of our industry, and also realizing then the impact it has not just. on trade itself mm. but also on the environment on livelihoods on the economies because a lot of port related economies do depend a lot on the maritime sector for jobs right. or to drive the economy etc it's a mm. very important asset that a country could have so recognizing the importance of the sector the important the role that it plays we uh, we adopted or were engaged in 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 the in the concepts developed by the united nations we know have uh, the sustainable development goals 17 sustainable development goals so yes. of which the 13th one is on on environmental sustainability mm-hmm. so what that basically uh, uh, focuses on is on different countries different sectors to look in their ways of doing and seeing how much footprint they're leaving in the environment how much we're protecting the environment uh looking at, the, at what is happening around the world mm. the global warming and etc so there was a paris agreement which countries came uh in agreement with 197 countries signed it initially it was in 2015 so countries set around realize the what is going on this global warming is affecting a lot of countries some countries yeah. are even predicted to disappear soon yeah so if we don't stop our ways of doing this will happen but the glow it was predicted that the global warming will start to change at around 3 degrees celsius so with the paris agreement we are fighting towards trying that by 2020 and uh, 50 that the global warming is is at least uh, changing by 2 degrees celsius or even 1.5 degrees celsius so that will cause that there's less uh, melting of the ice for instance so that at least there's less uh, impact on on the environment that there's less of what we see today where we're seeing floods happening a lot of uh, environmental uh, issues happening even in South Africa recently I don't know if you had seen in Durban what had happened with the floods mm. those are phenomena that we have never observed in our lifetime but these are things that that are becoming norm we're seeing droughts also we're seeing so much that is happening to the environment so in the shipping sector based on that same concept we mm. call it blue shipping because it focuses specifically on water related activities yeah. ports activities and etc so it's also with the same concept but with of course different focus then on how ships uh, can try to reduce their impact on the environment starting especially with the um, uh, with the fuels that ships are using 
So what alternative fuels can be made available that sheep can use in order to, to reduce the impact that they, they're having on the environment? Yeah. So that is a really hot topic right now in our sector. We had a conference recently. Interesting you use the word hot topic because... Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a trend. If we yes. had a Twitter, that would be the... <laughs> help me. <laughs> that would be the... Um, I don't want to say trend. I know Twitter has a concept where something is is trending and isn't that what they call it? Just trending. <laughs> I, I think I've heard a concept not trending okay. but something else. Okay. But but anyways, that that yeah. is like one of the hot hot topics. It was one of the topics that we also had in in uh, in the conference we held recently in Vancouver with the organization I work for. Mm-hmm. I work for IPH. I don't think I mentioned that at the beginning. Yeah. So IPH is an international association of ports and harbors. So um, basically we try to address issues that ports and associates or port uh, or companies that work in the port area in the in the um, in the spheres of supply chains, Mm. challenges that they're having how they can overcome some of these challenges. We communicate these issues with the international organizations and vice versa, what those organizations are demanding. For instance, this agreement, this Paris Agreement, we um, uh, plan towards reducing the impact, environmental impact. So we try to collaborate with the industry uh, specialists from the maritime to these international organizations, from the international organizations to these uh, uh, to these companies, and to see how we can bridge these these issues from very many diverse uh, topics actually, but of which one of them is about uh, the environmental environmental sustainability, environmental issues. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just so interesting though because initially I was wondering what a typical, the everyday listener, not typical, but the everyday listener would think, okay, ports, performance, shipping, data research, analysis, gathering, what does that have to do with me? Um, and then listening to you, I'm realizing that that one situation, incident that happened in Egypt affected so, they had so many factors affected, you know, economies, inflation and so on and so forth i do wonder beyond just environmental challenges because i'm seeing that there are various challenges within the green space or environmental space that the maritime maritime industry experiences but what are also the social issues that it faces yeah oh social issues indeed that you mentioned one really very closely related to the environment is definitely or to do with the changing technologies. That's just ah. what came now into mind, actually, because Ooh. it's also a sector that is, it's it's been long. I don't know, I didn't know ports growing up, to be honest, like it's also yeah. a new environment to me. So I used to look at ports and then pass by, you know? If I'm right. at the beach or along the coast and I see ships, I didn't even ask myself a lot about those questions. I mean, a lot of questions about what that ship is, how that ship is different from the it's other one. How that's how you grew up. I, I, I'm, a, I'm from a landlocked country. I, don't, I can't even relate to what you're saying. But <laughs> I'm, I'm so fascinated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm from a coastal country, but I never really looked at ports 
from that perspective it was to me going to the beach and you know enjoying myself and okay that's a ship but i'd never really asked myself a lot of questions around that but um so but in the in the past ports were really known as entities where there's hard work they were really related to hard work there were no equipment before ports were offloaded by hands um, there's a lot of history some of it not good history as you can imagine of how people used to be used in the ports yes. but i won't get into oh, that topic. i can't believe i just it just clicked now yes Bye. so but in the past ports were those kinds of entities that were um, were, were related with hard work and it was mm. but they're developing now all the way to yeah. ports and terminals which are now 100% automated so what that means is there's losses of jobs because in in port cities or in 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 countries where ports play an important role there's a lot of people who work at the ports mm. so with automation coming which is also uh, related to what you also mentioned digitalization collection of data and etc but with more automation as systems become automated a lot of people who lose jobs so that's one impact that we discussed that we want ports to be more efficient to be more productive and in order to achieve that we introducing higher technologies but all these technologies also end up taking away jobs so people want better service we want your parcels to get to you as fast as possible in the most efficient way as possible and actually that's also related back to the environment because also when we want to improve the environment we want to use as less resources as is possible so that also motivates you know, companies yeah. to want to invest in these equipments but it's yeah. taking away jobs so finding that balance yeah is one of yeah. the uh, social related challenges that i that just came now in in my mind where there's a lot of jobs that are being lost uh, but at the same time we we want to improve the service we want to you know we want to be a nation that is giving a better service like uh, across the supply chain so that's one of the things like how do we balance when where do we stop with this um Yeah but I would imagine hey um you you definitely guide me with this one but I would imagine that within this industry there are maybe trainings for local communities with that live within such region coastal region to maybe train and maybe equip them empower them maybe uh to know how to navigate the technology this digital transformation that's happening within this sector is that something that's happening is it something you've seen happen or discussions about that Mm, yes that that's true that is something that is also discussed how to equip because also port workers were and still are in many places are known as low skilled labor so mm-hmm. many people who work at the port depending of course on, on what role but there is a lot of uh, low skilled labor so many people who didn't go to school didn't get uh, education enough to now cope with the current demands in terms of of the demands of the sector yeah. requiring higher technologies higher skills technical or technological related skills so how do we do this in an equitable way such that people are not left behind So given that that aspect 
there's ports who provide training, there's ports who try to ensure that their employees are not left behind and they're trained well enough to, to move along with these new upcoming technologies. And that is, but also as much as ports are trying to do that at the same time if they introduce yeah. these technologies they're also trying to reduce the, the amount of labor that is needed mm. so i don't know how it will ever be that they will still retain the same amount Ooh. of these um without uh, you know without causing issues in terms of employment because we are having very high unemployment with time as a in a global as a global issue or global yeah. challenge so um um trying to curb that and at the same time trying to progress technologically wise is is one of, of the challenges but um still related to that is is also where we place uh how how we achieve equality actually in, in, in terms of that the diversity so the diversity kind of cha- of, of discussions that we have in in the sector also relate to to the skills diversity so how do we attract uh, skills sets from outside maritime so in the spheres from other sectors uh, outside how can we make it attractive attractive? such that an engineer or an IT guy or an, an environmental specialist also thinks that actually this is a, uh, this is a sector where I can also progress and, and find it attractive. So diversity in terms of that, but also in terms of including more women, because it is, like I said, it was known as a sector that was of hard work and not related to safety because ports are also always on the outskirts so it pro it it poses an extra challenge for women Mm -hmm. and safety so those are also some issues that some ports face where uh, the residential areas are far from the port and women do not feel safe enough to join the port so how do we also involve women how do we teach them this technology so that they know that there are enough technologies or things have changed at the port. It's no longer necessary to be hard working and have strength right. to be at the port. So um, such initiatives are put in place, uh, at least in some of the ports that I know of, to try attract women, try to make the sector more diverse in terms of that, in terms of gender, the skill set that is available, backgrounds, and etc. So those are at least some of the social elements that I I can think of right now at the top of my mind. (laughs) Yeah, and so... You know, just listening to you talk, uh, introducing the aspect of diversity, I was going to ask, how does, you know, someone might ask themselves, how do I fit in? You know, like you coming in from the data research analysis and performance analysis, that part of your career, and then transitioning, not even transitioning, I think you kind of really grew into a port and marine time industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you're mentioning, you know, engineers and whatnot, and different <laughs> aspects in terms of, um, contributing towards this industry, um, how do you how do you think you know someone or how would you lure someone to kind of say, hey, this is actually a very attractive industry, like we're <laughs> saying, women, it's safe. 
<laughs> you come, come now. over here. I saw it for myself. <laughs> okay, maybe I, I should start with you. Maybe I should say, hey, actually. Like, convince me. Convince me. I've already mentioned the importance of the center. I think that yeah. is for me because I think that I, I also like to look at myself from a philanthropic point of view in the sense that I am interested in activities that drive the economy. So mm-hmm. it might not even necessarily be the port sector, but even other sectors. So from my point of view, oh, my interest was really also primarily because I know that ports are really important for for the economy, for the economic growth. So that was important. And then in the maritime sector, like I just told you, 80% of the goods go via uh, the, the port, uh, shipping. Shipping carries about 80% of whatever you see moving across borders from different countries. So that's a, a really huge uh, that's a huge responsibility that is carried. Absolutely. In the maritime sector, it's less than 2% of women who are who are employed in the maritime sector. That's a very Are we talking very, about leadership or within the sector? Within in the sector. Within the sector in the in, in in the maritime, in the water sphere. It's a little bit better land side, like at the port. At the port is at least around globally around 40 percent or so that represents uh, the employment of women and that also of course is different depending on the level of management so with higher management the rate is even lower but on average yes yes it is but actually we actually carried a study a chapter we wrote a chapter book chapter it's soon going to be published actually uh, on on a book but on the chapter we found we worked with the united nations Mm. But we found that actually Asia had quite higher uh, contribution of women than other regions of the world. But when I thought of it, even before doing the research, I thought it was going to be obvious that Asia would have lower contribution of women in the port sector compared to Europe, America uh, and the likes. But Mm. it was surprising to me to find higher proportion in Asia. Mm. But Asia contributes quite, has a very high contribution of women in the port sector, but in the maritime sphere, in the the water itself, that is really different across all countries. The rate of women is really, really low. They are trying a lot of initiatives to bring women at sea. to be seafarers, but it's what, what kind of initiatives so, are we talking about? Are there any then any of them that you can think of from the top of your head? It's, it's programs. They try to attract women mm. to enroll in the universities that provide training to become yeah. a seafarer. They try to make it attractive in the sense of of selling advantages and giving higher salaries to women. Uh, I also attended myself a, a workshop that was carried in London where I actually mm. did have to give a presentation on on the numbers, numbers which are actually not there. So that's also something we advocate a lot to make data available because also without data, we cannot conclude. Like we, we don't have proof. We cannot make decisions. We cannot see things without data. To just tell you that there's a lot 
of women or not enough women That's is true. different than saying there is 40% and to increase it to 50% A, B and C needs to be done. But we yeah. cannot do that if we don't have data. And that's something that's missing in the sector. Mm. There's not enough data collected for women to show exactly what is what is happening. Like how much incomes are these women uh, earning versus their male counterparts, for instance. And this will have a good contribution towards policies so that countries mm are able to make changes in the policies and in trying to attract and make changes just in the systems. Because if we are not going to have data for women, then we cannot make or implement uh, enough changes or changes that are necessary in order to move right. forward. And if we're moving now to systems that depend on data and we don't have the data, then when are our women ever and girls going to be included uh, in, in, in plans and in strategies and policies? So that's one thing that we, we, we focus on. But I think now to go back to, to the main question you asked, um, it's slipping. Now I'm forgot <laughs> as well. <laughs> but it was really just, I mean, I think you've done a great job. If this was your case, <laughs> you trying to lure me to be an active yes, participant, even it. if I'm not fully participating just to know about it and really expanding my knowledge on this I, yeah. I do wonder you know um what how do you think before even asking that question so my first part of the question is you know what roles do women play in protecting the maritime ecosystems or even just leadership or if there are any women you can think of who you've seen let's start with that question yeah <laughs> which women do you have women in mind that you you kind of observed within this sector to say, wow, you're you're really kicking it. And, and I want to be like, <laughs> you know, because I, I can't yes. even think of one. I can't. I think it's me. Is it not me? Oh, <laughs> oh wait. Listen, wait, I want to turn on the There you go. I want to turn on the line. <laughs> okay. It's a little bit dark now. Yeah. I think that's one place that you need to cut, but okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, which women? Which women? I think there's a lot of women. I probably yeah. don't know enough of the very well-known women in mm. the sector who I would really be able to tell you and you'd know for sure. But there's there's a lot of women who gave me inspiration, like who led me or lured me into staying, into seeing the potential yeah. that women can play in the industry and what uh, the potential that uh, women are already playing in the industry. So I think it's 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 there's not like I said a lot of representation of women, but the women who are they understand this the struggles and the challenges that women in the sector face. So I think it's a nice environment in that sense that you 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 meet a lot of women who understand what it means to be minority and who understand, who've been there, who've walked the life and would like you as an upcoming and growing woman to have it better. So a lot of women in my field, like ranging from professors who I've worked with um teachers people i've met at conferences who actually also motivate me to become better to stay in the industry because it's a need it's a it's a, it, yeah it's necessary that you get more more women to to retain to retain women in the, in the 
the sector because we want to empower women we want to uplift women we want women to come into this industry so it's important to retain those who are already there and so seeing other women uh, doing great wonders uh, is really is quite um, something to to observe and to appreciate there is though one one lady one lady from durban i londi her name is londi no Lo- I you know, know the uh, what is just something you not something you're not unicorn princess aquarian princess yeah um, aquamarine princess something like yeah i know lo- yeah something mermaid her. or something i think she calls the herself. mermaid black mermaid <laughs> yes black mermaid yes. so she's one now that you mentioned that like Lindsay, she's one if you hear woman. this please please <laughs> appear on my podcast i think it in public i think you need you. to have her on the podcast definitely oh, listen she's an incredible woman i can't be right even thought i'm speaking of myself actually so ashamed you did cuz she is actually really in the water like she's Absolutely. really in the maritime spheres mm. so she does represent that 2% that I met with an afro okay. with the afro so I actually brown. didn't I got to know Londi from uh LinkedIn I don't know how she passed my LinkedIn profile whatever on my wall do I call it a wall on LinkedIn <laughs> yes that the feed I don't know yeah. but that so I saw this woman and I was like oh She looks beautiful with her afro. So I clicked and then it was oh a South African girl. And then I got to got to see and follow her and see work that she does and I said one day I'm definitely going to meet this woman. Oh haven't met her but I think I know that one day I have to meet her, shake her hand and say girl you one person we also look up to. Listen, <laughs> I I see you. I see. You. So uh, I mean what that <laughs> With that, I mean, how do you think we can really, I mean, organizations can really leverage on the role women play in protecting maritime maritime ecosystems? And what does it even mean to protect um, the maritime ecosystem? Mm. Okay, interesting question indeed because yeah, women women are always uh can i say related to nature right to protect oh yeah all of those oh yeah concepts. that's a good one something that i appreciate about this is something that i don't really appreciate actually so mm. there's one discussion i i had with uh with one of the authors that i was with on this on this on, the, on one of the of the books that we wrote so we were talking about these discussions and we realized like there's a lot of a literature that writes about what women bring on the table in mm. from the sense of trying to trying to make people understand that women also deserve to be on the table you know okay. that this is what women actually bring but what mm. i thought of like when i was just looking through listening to all of these ideas i got to not really like the idea of highlighting what women bring because Ooh. i think that when you highlight what what you say this is what women bring versus men it also means that you realize that there's differences and i don't mm. know if we are if we are heading towards equality if we're saying we are the same we should be equal then we should not be highlighting what the other one uh, brings more than the other 
so coming to that question again that was something that was highlighted with regards to management positions that actually mm. women are better managers than men in the sense that they lead uh, well they raise families uh, on a while on the other side uh, being uh, caring for their careers um, how they manage you know the home situation is the same way they can apply the same skills and be able to be good managers of the workplace so i don't know i think it's it's good to highlight that women are capable in as much as men are but i also don't like to look at it from the from the from the sense of saying or highlighting what women yeah. can do better or what men can do cuz i that. think that promotes yes yeah. cuz that promotes an environment that we're not looking forward to because if right. we're saying we want equality then that means we should understand that we are not defined by our genders but our capabilities so yes. it's either you can as a person not because you bring this because you're a woman that women now should be the counselors at work they should be the ones understanding that they are soft and know how to deal with problems better than men that they are shoulders to cry on better than men they understand situations da, 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 da. so well yeah when it comes to to that and that's that's just my view when it, when it when it comes to that but what i think should be done or can be done is really looking into our steps right like trying to see every step that we do and how that can contribute towards bettering the the environment that we live in So that means checking for last for everyone checking what you're buying how it's made where it's coming right. from what processes are involved in it because all of these are the differences that we will, will contribute towards nurturing or protecting our environment making it better coming to to what we 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 are all um, heading towards trying to reach a sustainable uh, environment and trying to better the environments which we live in but mm. it is going to be an initiative that is not only just going to come from ports the port sector but really to everyone like i say from an individual checking what products they're buying to a manufacturer checking what products they're producing what they're using what fuels they're using for production mm. so these are all steps that everybody can participate in because if products that are not uh, taking into account these processes when they create their products mm. will indicate that those will not be bought if customers don't demand it so i think it's in everybody's hands like let's all be responsible and we can achieve what we were aiming for because global warming is a reality it's it's happening as we speak and if we don't take responsibility now we are really creating a bad environment a bad environment for our children their children generations to come and we don't want to be those human who live Uh, mm. some years ago who just didn't care they did what yeah. they could to get to where they are i mean yeah. things are necessary like we need to trade shipping should not stop it, it's necessary it's just yeah. how it's done that has to be mm. changed and, and to be done better so let's do things better 
let's change like yes we want to progress we want better things we want better life you know better services better technologies but how do we get there that is the question and how can we get there without causing disruption in in the environment that we live in like how can we leave less uh, food uh, footprints and that's that i think is how we all at least to some amount or to some extent can can try play a role and and uh, hopefully create a better tomorrow for ourselves for our children and generations that will come after absolutely yeah. you know i'm just listening to you and i'm thinking man at first I, though i had this I, this podcast in general is just mm. about exploring different industries and really proving to people that we aren't just learning from different people who are prof- who are professionals in their respective careers we are all important in every single sector in every single Definitely. industry and yeah. just listening to you now it's it's a really uh, a, a sobering moment for me realizing i actually as smart as i am play a contributing role because just listening to you now i can i you know with other people if they decide to join in you know can control i have the buying power yeah. so if something is not sustainable for the environment um, then i can choose not to buy it and eventually you know then it will stop being traded stop being shipped and then they'll start shipping the right things so now we're not really moving <laughs> off topic just a different question now <laughs> so i had a associate of sorts and he's telling me so they usually ship things different you know kind of like your alibabas and you know how they usually do things so um he tells me that they they their shipping got lost and it wasn't insured and it was close to half a million oh, and i'm like wow it wasn't insured what yes. what is that, what does that mean so <laughs> i i you're yeah i I hear him but I'm not hearing it. I'm like, you mean it's done? What do you mean lost? What does lost mean? Yeah. I'm also I'm also looking at you like what? Because it is the norm to to ensure such such trading or you know such 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 goods with that value especially would be insured. So I I cannot even say like what I would do if I would How does it even get lost? I thought there was navigation and this and I might I might sound ignorant right now, but I'm wondering what was the GPS system not working? What was happening? You know, what was going on with that ship? The the the, the, the person, the captain. What oh, why did the captain lose my my container like oh, This is crazy. Is moving towards I saw something coming down. So that is something we're moving towards indeed to collect enough data so that there's transparency so that there's validity mm. throughout the, the the system throughout the the supply chain because mm. it so happens that a certain port might have good a good system installed like that really tracks the parcel on every way um throughout the whole uh, the process at that point mm. but mm. another connecting port might not have the same privilege or the same system and so with those irregularities data in yeah. a lot can happen in between but we're working towards 
a maritime or supply chain that's going to have standardization of data data requirements from the players along the supply chain to ensure that there's that efficiency that there's there's no there's enough transparency so that one can see exactly where the the container is for instance because when you trade containers also they they're transshipped so if a container comes they're what what's that they they're moved um that we call it transshipment so, okay. Yes, transshipment. But what that means is it's uh, it's exchanged through many different ports. So, ah. from a route, if for instance it comes from China to South Africa to Botswana, it will not go directly. The container will not move by that vessel or from that, by that ship directly from there. It it might be transshipped somewhere in Egypt and put in another in another in another vessel or in another ship before it actually eventually gets to the final destination. So there's a lot of transshipment that can occur and you as a shipper are not very much in control. You don't even know what will happen to you actually. What you are interested in is that the container gets like to be. Yes. Those online shoppers, online shoppers. But now now they're developing what they call a smart container. So this smart container, some ships, a few of them actually now have them in place where they will, where where the container itself will be uh, fast uh, tracked. So these containers will have some softwares installed in them. Then you can track them. You can see exactly where they are and how they are moving. Yeah. Because at this moment you you don't know because as a shipper you just take your goods to that port and all you know is your container will arrive at the same as, at a certain day where it should mm. arrive. You don't mm. know who is going to to um, to be transporting this because also these shipping lines have alliances like they work together. So it's just a complicated business model that they use but you basically don't really know exactly where the container is and at what time and there's no there's no promise you know there's no i'm smelling corruption somewhere <laughs> is that also a challenge let me know yes oh, yeah, no? definitely. Oh, people yes, are, I hear, all I hear are opportunity having... for Ill- illegal <laughs> dealings people yes, are saying there's too many indeed. loopholes here Yes, oh that, 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 you see, all of those are the challenges we hope will be addressed by 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 systems like where we want to develop port community systems. So these systems are supposed to, to gather data and standardize such that every port has the same concepts, collects the same data, processes this information in the same way because at this at this moment um mm. at this moment yeah i don't know what you're doing you're fighting with something <laughs> uh, yeah i'm trying to keep the light on <laughs> <I'm so laughs> i was judging you for your light switching for but now it's my turn but yes please do continue <laughs> actually it was yeah because i actually thought is is it natural light because i thought it's quite late and Oh no, I got myself and <laughs> I love how podcasts are just so laid back. Yes, I got myself got a big okay. ring light because okay. people like international people like you 
who are in countries <laughs> where by 8:30 9:30 it's still it's light still, ooh, and confusing with you guys we're actually enjoying that right now but yeah we should right we should maximize on it because Absolutely. many months throughout the year we're in the dark and the cold and gray skies and so never. when it's here we're like yes <laughs> we're enjoying this we're taking advantage of this sunlight until 10 to 11 like yes yes so right now is really yeah. amazing period and actually my mood really always changes like i realize the difference mm. between the sangile in summer and the sangile in winter i'm a completely different person in winter i actually also have to take vitamins vitamin d like i just have to take it otherwise um yeah my way of, of being is just changed just listen as long as you're the one who's pushing these um policies and what not whatever you need to do do it because just listening i never really i think you know because it's not i wouldn't say a glamorized industry yeah. it's it's not entertainment it's all no. fact and, and because serious. of that it's all serious this and now you know we're shedding light to obviously you know baseline version of of how intense your industry is um but i'm i'm just so grateful that you really taken the time to to share all your insights or most some of your insights before charging me cuz i don't know how much you know to charge to speak um i'm really grateful I just and and looking at it from every level level just from the everyday individual to now organizations and then policy makers decision makers um and and just hearing this i am wondering what are some of you know the major major goals that you think you know what we really need to 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 really push for these particular goals you know three or five um within your industry that you whether it's you know mm-hmm. shipping or you know port whatever it is um which one do you think are just so important and and whether it's environmental as well cuz i mean this global warming i used to think mm-hmm. it will always be there and mm-hmm. i know it's very ignorant to say that but i used to be like yeah it always be there i just throw it and you know and you know just get whatever you want to buy and then <laughs> and then learning that and those is unrelated learning that um areas where there's uh intense global warming or where there's high rise of heat then they can't uh economy their economy is poor and then how that relates to poverty and then how that relates to um human trafficking how that relates to starvation child child slavery so many things are affected and so just listening to that the first thing that you spoke about <laughs> in uh, Egypt yes like that affected so many things yes. i was affected and i did not yes. even know it exactly. so what are the major goals that you think that even whether we're pushing for them or not um decision makers and policy makers are pushing for them or not which one do you think are the, you know your top 3 goals that that you think within the marine time industry that, that should be our main focus and that's what mm-hmm. we should be on the lookout for as mm-hmm. you know everyday people Mm, okay yeah well that's a million dollar question i think yeah <laughs> it's a nice question but it's also like oh my there's so God. many we transferred so many <laughs> we efficiency. have so many but, 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 also, but don't fire people <laughs> <laughs> they should just make me a president that thing that no, will point, make everything 
what you gotta do. What you gotta do. <laughs> no, no, but I, I like that you, 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 you yourself actually. You mentioned the impact because there's actually a study that I assisted the United Nations with last year, and that was assessing the impact of these changes, specifically mm. related to to the environmental impact and uh, and the policies implemented and how these policies actually affect developing countries and small mm. uh, developing islands, because. Mm. These decisions are taken by all countries, but not all countries are the same. Like, and it so happens, it so happens that uh, environmental or carbon emissions are much higher in these developed countries. So, the impact is is really quite strong from these developing countries. But when it comes to having to reduce, all of us are asked to contribute the same, reduce the same because. Yes, global warming eventually will affect everybody. Mm. But what what that the, the the impact? So what we were trying to now see is how the impact is for the different countries. What it means for a developing country? Because if you're going to say that uh, the industry needs to adhere to such um, to such standards, what will it cost a developing country? And what does it mean for the economy? What does it mean for mm employment can these developing countries afford this i mean we also know it's not their fault so first of all not their fault and then second of all they don't have enough resources to adhere to these standards but they are asked to to adhere to these standards and we know it's necessary because we are in a, we we're, we're in, in a big problem that we are actually tied and need to resolve like if we continue the same ways of doing then we're mm. gonna be in really big trouble yeah but now that you mentioned that indeed like the impact is different and um, a lot has to be done so that one definitely is a top priority the environmental the environmental impact that is of uh shipping yeah which is actually quite low, but that's something of another discussion. I would have to spend even more time on that. <laughs> but when we look overall in the different modes of transportation, like it can, you know, goods can also fly. They can go yeah. by train. They can go by road through trucks. They can go by train. But uh, maritime is is actually one of the lowest uh, um, with the carbon emissions. The road. The road is, is the highest. So when you take um, your car, do know that you're having the highest <laughs> impact to the environment in terms of emissions. So the, yeah, the airlines, we all know that they, they are quite with high emissions. So we are low emissions, but although we are low within our transport sphere, we still try to push it such that it's going to reach a point where there is zero emissions in, 2000, in 2050. So in 2050, it's going to be a completely different way of, of doing things, especially with the fuels. So the fuels, those will, will get rid of all those that have uh, all these negative uh, emissions and install green ones that are mm. going to be with no, no carbon emissions at all, zero emissions of, of carbon. So things will change, at least to, the, the industry at least is trying to push towards that. Yes. Of course, all industries will have to contribute. 
but yes the environmental issue definitely and then second to that which is my interest personal interest as well has to of course uh, do with more more equality mm. so more diversity in the sector not just by sex in the sense of gender but also by skill diversity um, yeah skill diversity backgrounds different uh, skill sets like uh, quite a lot of, of of differences i would wish could be pushed in the sector attract people from different backgrounds in terms of their careers also where they come from mm-hmm. because it gives a different perspective also like a person who thinks yes. from another industry will contribute something that others who are in that industry cannot be able to to think of or to think in that in that certain mindset so coming together and including others so being more inclusive will lead to even greater miracles that we that we cannot even imagine yeah so that and of course that would go along with data data availability Mm. because data is one of the outcries of every researcher if you meet any researcher they will tell you if we would have data then we can be able to see abc yeah if we can see abc we really can say there's this amount of change that needs to be done at least and if this happens that is going to result but we don't have enough data to to see things to to conclude to make decisions to to make decisions (laughs) and if there's no decisions then there's no change and if there's no change or if there is change it might take it might take place in a play in a way that it should not be like Mm -hmm. going to have a change and you don't have data for women how are yeah. you going to include those women in a just and equitable way yeah so that is also an issue and uh, just there's a lot of issues in the maritime sphere there's issues with you with the with the ever rising costs there's high yeah. costs in some uh, in, in in some in some in some uh, regions of the world specifically in the developing regions the costs to yeah ship things are, are quite high they are very very high and it's so difficult to to find a way to reduce these because also it has to do with demand it has to do with the shipping because that's another thing that's also another discussion for another day that in these for instance in, in Africa we have a lot of our our trade or, or, or goods that we ship are low products like we low value products so we have a tendency of shipping out our resources they go elsewhere in the world they get uh, manufactured and then we import them at very high high prices and our demand is also quite low and so with low demand the prices are, are quite high so and the service delivery is, is very poor the, the ports are inefficient there's a lot of corruption there's there's just a, a lot of problems that we encounter in different yeah. regions but really in africa those are quite one of the highest and they do contribute towards even higher and higher costs yeah this is a call for our leaders so, to yeah. out really it's 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 not it's not nice to to hear this honestly because it's it's affecting it's affect i believe it's just a domino effect um yes. it's not just affecting one industry it's not just affecting no. one organization it's a chain it's just, yeah 
Yes, it's it's a chain. Everything is interlinked with the other. So, but that we we will get there. I think I'm quite positive that I can tell. I we can will tell. find the day <laughs> and the time when all these interconnected uh, services and uh, uh, things that we have will eventually come to an, uh, a place where everything is, is interlinked and everything is just well resolved and we live peacefully ever after like in a fairy tale book uh-huh. <laughs> and only life has a fairy tale but it's nice to dream right it's, it's a free <laughs> thing if you can dream it then you can do it so i, I like I to believe that, that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, coming from someone who's so data-driven, I'll take it from you. <laughs> Dr. Nduna, do tell me this. What are your... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what are your, your final words? You, I mean, I can't believe it's been over an hour now. Uh, but wow. <laughs> what we, what, what, like, what's your final words with regards to this marine time industry? Just looking at... Um, uh diversity you know gender roles and i loved how you really phrased the aspect of gender roles i, I remember seeing a i think it was a tweet by, by i forgot her name actually and she said i'm not a female ceo i'm a ceo yeah. and i think that's the thing look at the work let's look at the merit and then put the yeah. two together as opposed yeah i mean yes it would be great let's empower both Yes, and and, and allow for an equal playing field. So, I mean, so many is interesting aspects. I think we're definitely gonna change the title <laughs> from just what we said. <laughs> but you know, just looking at everything you talked about, so many aspects, and I'm just blown away by it all. But what are you really your final words, either to the young lady who's listening to the gents <laughs> that's listening to this, um, or you know, even the leader? to this particular episode i mean what are what are your final words oh wow that's a that's a that's a ha. no pressure Ooh, i actually even aim at because it's oh, really oh, oh, it's really oh. an industry that touches so many lives oh, you know yeah. it touches so so many lives such that i think so many people can have a takeaway from it indeed from a leader a leader who needs to focus on the maritime like do do understand the role that it plays and try to to try to improve the service delivery like focus on the sector and know the important role that it plays and how it can and should be improved like i think there's so much less focus that is diverted to the port sector and yet it plays such a very that's true a very strong integral role like to communities because without ports like let's face it i don't know what but it would become of globalization internationalization all of these things it wouldn't be there so i think indeed like policy makers should turn their eyes into trying to ensure that the port sector is as efficient as it can be mm-hmm. and that really will require a lot of focus on so many elements including what we just discussed a lot on the environmental aspects on equality on on trying to to make the sector work for the companies for the end customer so the person who's buying the products uh, from the shop 
And then to the girls, I'm a woman, so I'm interested in gender related issues. So I think that girls should just be allowed to dream. Like girls should believe in themselves. And I think it's time that also what I did say that we should stop comparing between boys and girls in the sense of competition or trying to see who's better than the other. Indeed, yeah. like you are an employee because you have your capabilities and you're able and not because you're a man or you're a woman that uh, A or B because yeah. I think it really creates an environment where you also as a woman, you don't even know like, am I being hired or am I am I yeah. being respected for this because I'm skilled or is it just because I'm a woman or, yeah. you know, so I think to, to, to some i mean it's a it's it's a it's a topic that's been recurring so some stages maybe that was okay but i think we need to move a bit away now from that standpoint of view to really acknowledging that we all have these capabilities we're able to and we should also be included like in an equal in an equal manner yeah. regardless ah said from one queen to another thank you so much <laughs> you, you oh, breath of fresh air <laughs> and um, i'm proud to say i'm the first person to interview you as a doctor <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's been so a appreciated oh, i'm dear. really delighted to be here i was excited looking forward to this day and like oh my god <laughs> but i've watched so many of your shows that i'm like oh i've seen people who go there what am i going to contribute like what am i going to say <laughs> look at you now you know those are four you were speaking and you covered through all the questions I was going to ask you I was like why is she sabotaging me why is she doing this to me but it's just to show how passionate you are about this industry and your contribution could never go unnoticed you are a gem and I appreciate you and I appreciate our listeners for taking so much time listening to you Thank share your you. knowledge <laughs> Yo, we can't wait for your um, the books to be released yet to be released, I believe. And yes. working with the UN, you're doing incredible things and tonight, mind blown. And um, just seeing an African woman just really pushing for the stars is is amazing. So I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's the end of our Thank conversation. You. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much and bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I love it.